94 Fellowship. And as you caught the last couple of days, uh, I have a real desire that we believers recover this word fellowship. We've let our culture, I believe, uh, dilute it, even pollute it. Uh, this is a precious word from the New Testament. Uh, fellowship is uh, more than um, cookies and punch. It is something dynamic that's going on between the triune God and his people that is very very special i mentioned a couple of verses that um, that i want you to enjoy first uh, corinthians 1 9 called into the fellowship of his son um, there is the fellowship of the holy spirit mentioned in second corinthians 13 14 the fellowship with the father that's mentioned in first john chapter one uh how are we doing so far that's the triune god isn't it we are in fellowship with the triune god and not only that uh, god's word says that we are in fellowship with one another that's first john chapter one verse three so this fellowship is a dynamic circulation that's uh, going on with uh, the body of Christ, the triune God flowing, us enjoying God, Him enjoying us. You know, I mentioned yesterday that my wife is taking a course, required, unfortunately, uh, for her college curriculum on world religions. And I get to be the one who calls out the uh, words she's got to memorize and define, get ready for the test. And I'm calling out these uh, names of dumb idols hindu buddhist whatever and i'm not being disrespectful because i'm just following the apostles preaching and acts they call them dumb idols so i will follow their good pattern um, this is this gets my dander up because there is one true god according to the entire scriptures the one true God, and he, uh, he is the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And this God, the one true God, is intimately involved with his people on earth. Um, I want to give you a couple of verses here that I think will adjust uh, our thinking a bit uh, because we let the culture, even uh, religious culture, come in and uh, treat our one true God somewhat like uh, the others do as some remote, far away, passive observer. But our God, the one true God, is not that way at all. Let me give you a couple of verses that I think will be very refreshing as a view uh, of our God. Psalm 36, verse 9. For with you is the fountain of life. With you is the fountain of life. Uh, this is our God. He is the fountain of life. Uh, can you imagine yourself passing by the fountain at uh, your place of business or your place of shopping and never availing yourself of that flow that's so refreshing. Um, Psalm 87, verse 7. The psalmist said, All my springs are in you. All my springs are in you. Can you think of anything more refreshing 
than a clear, cool, crisp spring. That's how our God describes himself through his word. All my springs are in you. Um, Psalm 36, verse 8. God says to his people, you cause them to drink of the river of your pleasures. Wow. He wants us to drink of the river of his pleasures. Our God wants that kind of uh, relationship with us. Experiential, subjective, enjoyable, meaningful in our day-to-day Christian living. Um, You might not have heard this verse for a while. Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 13. The Lord was very diagnostic and very honest with his people. And in Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 13, he says, For my people, he's talking to his people. God has a people. He's got some called out ones. He's got some ones that he wants to be exclusively his. For my people have committed two evils. Now, if you haven't read this verse in a while, what would you guess that God has a problem with his people? What would you say that God says concerning his people and the two evils that really upset him? My people have committed two evils. Number one, they've forsaken me. The fountain of living waters. How about God describing himself as the fountain of living waters? Isn't a fountain something that we avail ourselves of frequently and often and enjoyably? Uh, What do you think the other evil was? It upset God in Jeremiah chapter 2 verse 13. And he says, my people have hewn out for themselves cisterns. Of course, that's a vessel, a container. They've hewn out for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that hold no water. Does that describe the American phenomenon? We're just on the treadmill, literally and figuratively, just uh, running the uh, capitalistic race, trying to make a living, make more money, get more toys, get more things, busy, 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 busy. And, um, you know, we, we're, we got broken cisterns. They leak. They leak out. And compare that to the verse we touched on yesterday in uh, Corinthians, that the way we should view ourselves also is as a container. The Apostle Paul referred to us as an earthen vessel. As you know, an earthen vessel, it doesn't have a lot of intrinsic value in itself. It's a piece of pottery made to be a uh, container. And um, he says in this earthen vessel, God has put a treasure, a treasure. And of course, this treasure is the Lord Jesus himself, who's become the life-giving spirit, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 45. We may be an earthen vessel, came from soil, going back to soil, but in the meantime, we can enjoy living in us the treasure of the entire universe. Uh, One of the verses that we're going to memorize beginning tomorrow night in our course over at Tallahassee Christian College and Training Center is a verse that I think uh, really needs to be uh, recovered. 
And uh, I mentioned it yesterday, but I want you to dig into this verse. It's, uh, it's a key verse to understanding the entire Bible. It's there at the beginning. Uh, Genesis chapter 1, I think it's verse uh, 26. Uh, but he said, And God said, The one true God is a speaking God. And God said, Let us. Let us. What does that sound like to you? That is a counsel of the triune God. It doesn't get any higher than a counsel of the triune God saying, let us make man in our image and our likeness. Does that sound like a remote, passive, disinterested God that religion tricks man with? The one true God is engaged, even made man as a container for him to enjoy him. Mutual enjoyment, mutual circulation. And that's what this uh, phenomenon, and I want to call it a fellowship, is all about. There is a dynamic going on. God's involved with his people. He, as we said, he's a fountain, river of life. He's flowing. That's for our participation our enjoyment, our refreshment. And he wants to enjoy us. We are his possession, his people. And uh, as we love him, praise him, thank him, we get energized. There is a enjoyment in this dynamic fellowship. Well, I hope we're recovering this word. I think it's uh, very, very special. And uh, we're going to memorize that verse beginning tomorrow night as part of our course over at uh, Tallahassee Christian College and Training Center. And as the word says, the hour draweth nigh. You need to make a phone call right now before those nice folks at Tallahassee Christian College go home and tell them you want to be there tomorrow night. You want to be legal. You want to be signed up. You don't have to enroll in college. Don't, don't get too complicated on us. You can just take a class for your own benefit. In fact, non-credit audit, whatever you want to call it, is about half uh, the normal tuition. And even someone is subsidizing your tuition, so it's half again. We're going to go uh, Thursday night through early December, starting tomorrow night at 6 o'clock. Are you ready? The number is uh, 850-513-1000. 850-513-1000. The name of the course I'm involved in is Becoming a Whole Person. And we're going to see how God made us, how he designed us, how we can cooperate, how we can enjoy three-dimensional living body, soul, and spirit, how we can all make it work together, how we can be a beautiful symphony that makes music for those around us and for God's enjoyment. I'm hoping you're calling right now. Now, one of the things we want to do in this time we're calling fellowship, thanks to the creativity of our brother uh, Doug Apple in suggesting this, is that we want to uh, interview, or let's use a better word, we want to have fellowship with real people who are living somewhat normally looking human lives doing what we all humans have to do in our daily living but who are also believers who have a treasure in them and and uh, get acquainted with them have some fellowship with them and learn from them how we can enjoy our short human life more and we want to get 
people from all walks of life, different different occupations, different ages. And if you were listening on Monday, we had a physician um, from one of Tallahassee's busiest hospitals. I don't want to mention the name because they don't need any advertising. But he was just sharing what it's like to be a busy, busy, busy physician, but enjoying this flow of life we're talking about. Um, we have tomorrow coming uh, someone from the banking industry. Um, next week, we'll have the president of a college coming. Uh, and in just a few minutes, we're going to have a student from FSU. We've got a f- fellowship with that student. So uh, as Doug Apple gets those uh, fingers ready on the knobs, I want to challenge you to make two phone calls. One is to TCC to put your name on the list for tomorrow night. The second is maybe the Lord right now is putting on your heart a teenager that you care about, a college student that you care about. You text them right now and tell them to tune in to Wave 94.1 that uh, we're going to be fellowshipping in just a very, very short amount of time with a college student. And they may want to hear, you know, what's it like to be a, a believer and be going to classes every day? We're going to find out in just a few minutes. Take us away, Doug, and bring us back soon, okay? been buried therefore with him through baptism into his death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead so also we might walk in newness of life Romans chapter 6 verse 4 after baptism we become a new person in resurrection resurrection is not only a future state it is also a present process To walk in newness of life means to live today in the realm of resurrection. This kind of living deals with all that is of Adam in us until we are fully transformed and conformed to the image of Christ. Scripture and Commentary from the New Testament Recovery Version, published by Living Stream Ministry. For more information, visit recoveryversion.org. Hi, my name is Penny, and I meet with the church in Tallahassee. In Ezekiel 44, there's a unique phrase that says, You shall come near to me to minister to me. And it also says that the basis for the ministry to the Lord, the basic requirement for ministering to the Lord, is to draw near to the Lord. That no one can minister to Him without drawing near to Him. No one can minister to the Lord without approaching Him in prayer. Spiritual power is not the power of preaching, but the power of praying. How much you pray indicates how much inner strength you really possess. No spiritual matter requires more strength than prayer. If you would like to pray with a group in your neighborhood of twos or threes and pray with us, 850-692-9558. We meet in small groups for prayer all over Tallahassee and we welcome you. 850-692-9558.
uh, this is Lowell Jackson, and we call this time on uh, Wave 94 Fellowship because we want to experience and enjoy uh, the flowing, refreshing uh, circulation within the body of Christ. God flowing to us, and we're flowing to one another, and it's uh, so enjoyable and refreshing and informative as well. One of the things we want to do on this time that uh, Wave 94.1 has carved out for us is to uh, interview real people uh, who are just uh, open and honest and transparent about telling us how they are experiencing the Lord and going on in their Christian life. And today we've got an FSU college student, Sabrina Rondell. Did I get that right, Sabrina? Yes. Okay, well, good. Because I know you might have a sister or a relative or two that are tuning in on the Internet somewhere around the country, and they want to make sure that I remind everybody that Sabrina is a Rondale, right? Yes. And you're at FSU? Yep. Well, how tell you what, Sabrina, help us get acquainted with you. Give us about the two-minute version of your life story. Would that be all right? I know I'm throwing you a surprise, but that should be a story you know pretty well. Okay. So my mom was, like, always a Christian. She came from a Christian background. So she just kind of raised my sisters and I in the church. And um, at age seven or eight years old, I was in this big church, and they had, like, a wonderful children ministry. And then the guy was like, how many, ever, how many of you guys ever got saved? And then he was like, not like, you know, firefighter coming to save you but like accepting the Lord into your heart and then I just kind of was so intrigued and I listened so intently and then you know then when he said who wants to accept the Lord I was the first when I jumped up raised my hand I was like me and then um, they took us to the back and then they spoke to us about the Lord and then they said all right next is getting baptized but you have to wait till you're older I was like what what's baptism they was like that's when you just commit your whole life to the Lord I said can I get baptized today <laughs> long story short they said I have to ask my mom I asked my mom and my mom said no so I asked her for weeks and finally I said fine I said fine if I die and I got and God says why well, didn't serve him I'm gonna say cause you didn't let me get baptized <laughs> and my mom asked me Sabrina what do you think what do you think baptism is I said that's when you accept the Lord into your heart and then she said to me, okay. I said, she said, I said, that's when you get to serve the Lord with your life. And hmm. then she allowed me to get baptized. And, you know, after that, at around like age 12, um, 12 years old, I had an entrance, uh, interest in the word of God. So I started reading the Bible more and more. And I didn't understand what I was reading. But then I would ask the Lord, okay, Lord, I don't understand nothing. But I was so honest with God first. I was like, okay, God, I, God. I was so honest with him. I said, you know, Lord, I'm not going to lie to you. I think the Bible is boring. I don't understand it. Then I said to him, but God, I want to understand it and give me a desire for your word. And then after that, I just started reading my word and understanding what it said. And the Lord would reveal things to me. And yeah. You know, Sabrina, if uh, if our listeners had a little green light on their radio, every time you smiled, the green light would stay on the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, we, we start this program with uh, some folks your age, uh, college kids, singing, The Joy of the Lord is My Strength. Amen. I think you would probably know what they're talking about, right? Oh, yes. Well, what is the joy of the Lord? The joy of the Lord, well, for me... 
you know, um, I reached a point in my life a few years ago where I was just like, you know, in the middle of, you know, just doing random stuff. And I was talking to the Lord and I was just asking God to help me and, you know, you know, just asking God, you know, and telling God to thank you for caring for me. Thank you for loving me. And then a thought came to my mind and it kind of changed my life. And it was like, who who cares about God? Who wants God to be happy? Hmm. And it became a desire inside of my heart to make him smile. Hmm. So then after that, I said, you know what? Like, as long as he's happy, I'm okay. And I just believe that, like, the joy of the Lord is truly my strength. Because if he's happy, I'm okay. I mean, I could be suffering. I could be, you know, going through persecution or whatever it is. If it brings forth the kingdom of God, even if it makes God happy, then I'm okay, you know? Because, I don't know, he's just my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just arrived in Tallahassee, right? Yes. You transferred. Yes. And you're a junior. Yes. And, and uh, you didn't know anybody in Tallahassee, did you? No, no. So, uh, what happened when you got to a strange uh, town, strange city, and full of strangers? Oh, I think the Lord was preparing me for it. <laughs> Because um, before I came to Tallahassee, I lived in Port St. Lucie, Florida, which is like South Florida. And like for a year, like I saw after the Lord and asked the Lord to give me direction. Where do you want me to go? You know, because I believe as believers, when we give our life to the Lord, we give him our decisions as well. So then I said, okay, Lord, where do you want me to go? And I prayed about it. I fast about it. I said, Lord, lead me. And my best friend, she goes, you know, she goes to FAU, she's in Boca Raton. She met the Christian club there. And then through them, we were connected, you know, to the people in Tallahassee. And the Lord just opened doors in just like a supernatural way. Like I came to Tallahassee not knowing one person and about like, a week and a half later, I feel like I know a good group of 25 individuals. And, and it's just like the church life is just, oh, it's beautiful. It's kind of the best life to live. So, Well, you used a term that uh, it may be unfamiliar to a lot of folks. Church life. I think uh, kind of our culture has taught us to think that that's a, a building on the corner with a steeple and a ding-dong on top, you know. So what, 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 what's the church life? Hmm. Well, the church life is, it's like enjoying Christ, like even outside the four walls. It's the fellowship because we know the church is the body and the church is the body of Christ and having that fellowship and, and you know, just throughout the week going to like home meetings and um, fellowshipping with other believers, like you literally see the unity in it. Like if you go to Miami, it's there. It's the same. If you go to Boca Raton or Fort Myers, it's the same because it's like the unity and spirit, you know? And it's just like Christ says that he is the way, the truth, and the life, right? And it's just like going to church every Sunday, you know, or twice a week, you know, going for Sunday and then Bible study. I don't think that's enough because Christ is life and we have to experience him daily and daily you know and gain him more and more so we can see him and he reveal himself with us and i think the lord wants more intimacy with the body more than you know just the four walls every sunday hmm. kind of thing 
It sounds like you're you're recovering and experiencing Acts chapter two, day by day, house to house. Yes. <laughs> this sound like a little bit of your life. Yep. <laughs> now you said uh, you mentioned a Christian club at FSU, right? Yes. So most folks listening to you and I don't know about a Christian club, and I know there's more than one. But tell us about what uh, your brothers and sisters do on campus, and how you go about uh, uh, being a Christian with them. Well, there is oh, there's a few Christian clubs on our campus, and mm-hmm. they're amazing. Um, one of the one I go to is I go to two. Mm-hmm. Um, I go to one on Tuesdays, and um, and I go to another one on Thursdays. The one on Thursdays, it's um, it's Christian on campus, mm-hmm. and it's um, led by Brother Thomas, mm-hmm. and it's just a like group of young people like coming together to study the word to fellowship and it's just like with most of the christian clubs they're like that they come together we come together we study the word and we fellowship with one another and i think in college i think that's the most important time to fellowship because oh goodness we're living in a secular world where everyone wants to exclude god in their studies and philosophy classes and everything you're learning is just like so i think those it's so important and it's amazing. We get to eat together and, you know, it's awesome. Good, good, good. Well, you know, well there must be 30 or 40,000 students at FSU. And you uh, walk across that huge campus. Sometimes it's got to be hot. It may be a half-hour walk. Um, and there's thousands of other students doing the same thing uh, you're doing. But what makes your your steps, your moments different from from maybe thousands of others. What's going on in your life? Hmm. Well, as I'm walking throughout the campus, I kind of, I don't know, I think I'm a little weird when I do this. Like I, I walk around the campus and I just start talking to God out loud and I put my phone in my ear pretending that I'm talking to someone on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> but in reality, I'm just so talking. So God, God answers the phone, or you just don't and people think that you're uh, ready for the white coats to come take you away, right? I'm just talking. And, you know, I just like, you know, I'm like, oh, God, I thank you so much. Oh, Lord, thank you. And I just kind of like start praising him. And I think that's so refreshing, you know. So throughout the campus, or then as I'm walking, I tell people, oh, my gosh, you look so beautiful. And, you know, I just kind of like compliment people along the way, kind of brighten their day and stuff like that. Um, because we are like of the world and the best way to live is you know it's more than just the positivity but it's just like the showing the love because one thing that love does is give people value and I believe that complimenting someone or sharing a sharing a smile with them and you know just saying something it it brings that life to them because you don't know how many kids are going through it in the campus so, Sabrina, you can walk across the campus at FSU enjoying fellowship with the triune God. How amazing is that? It's awesome. <laughs> well, how about uh, your roommate? Does that have anything to do with you being a Christian and growing? Oh, my roommate, she's amazing. She is so amazing. When I first came, she kind of like went around the whole school with me. The school is enormous. So I think about like 10 minutes into the walk, I was just so exhausted, but she didn't even sweat. Like, 
because she's so healthy and she works out a lot and for me that was a lot but now I'm so used to it but she's amazing and she introduced me to um the Christian on campus she introduced me to like the people in their church life and she's just amazing her name is Vanessa so <laughs> why don't you put in a, a little plug for us and tell Vanessa we'd like her to come on and have some fellowship with us definitely okay? Vanessa <laughs> you should <laughs> definitely come but you think she's listening oh I hope so <laughs> <laughs> well put a little uh, gentle pressure on her we want her to come on as well okay um well, what, what, how does your day kind of start when you uh, get, get ready to be? You're junior now, right? Yes. Okay. How do you, how do you start your day? In the morning? Mm-hmm. So in the morning, I try to wake up a few, like, half an hour early. Mm-hmm. Um, that way, like, you know, if I feel like sleeping in bed, I can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I try to listen, like, my typical mornings, I'll put the Bible on audio, and I'll just start listening to it. And... You know, I wake up and I just thank God for giving me another chance of life. And, you know, just surrendering the day to Him and just saying, Lord, whatever you want me to do, today is your day. You know, like lead me and I will follow. And just kind of surrendering it to Him. And then, you know, I get up, I get ready, I go to work, I go to class and I go study. (laughs) And the day has meaning. It's not routine, huh? Yes. It looks routine maybe from the outside, but it sounds like you got uh, something inward going on that's enjoyable. Yes. And so throughout the whole day in my car, it's just like, like the thing is with having a relationship with God, it's a relationship. So you're able to speak to him and he speaks to you. And, and it's just like, and people say, oh, God speaks to you. It's just like you're, you're, you're able to speak with him. And he speaks to you. So in my car, some mornings I just start talking out loud and just talking to the Lord. Say, Lord, thank you so much. You know, oh, God, thank you for blessing me with the car and blessing me with the job and blessing me with school, whatever I'm doing. Or sometimes I drive and I just stay quiet and I just enjoy the peace of the Lord because like, you know, the world is hectic and sometimes we move, move, move. And I think the Lord asks us so we can, I think the Lord wants us to be still and actually know that he's God. And sometimes you can't, sometimes it's hard to listen to God when you're, you know, talking, talking, talking all the time. So I think sometimes I just try to stay quiet so I can hear what he's trying to say to me or just just sit in his presence and enjoy him, you know? Mm-hmm. Sabrina, if I was a radio listener right now, I would be trying to figure out your delightful accent. So uh, tell tell us where the accent originates. Oh, I'm Haitian. So my parents are Haitian and I speak Haitian Creole. So, yeah, sometimes. So, So in Haiti, they also speak French, right? Yes. Do you speak French? A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that's uh, some very uh, aristocratic uh, pronunciations coming through that we Americans uh, don't have enough of in our uh, use of slang. Uh, we are talking with uh, Sabrina Rondil, who is a junior, right? at FSU, uh, learning how to uh, go on day by day with the Lord in her uh, current stage of life. We're going to take a little short break and be back and talk to Sabrina some more. Uh, As our good brother uh, Doug Apple gets those fingers on the knobs, I want to remind you one more time, you got a few minutes to uh, call our friends out at... uh, 
TCCTC before they go home for the day and tell them you want to join us tomorrow night for this uh, class I'm very excited about called Becoming a Whole Person. We start tomorrow night, and you can make a call right now and make sure we got a place for you. There's a few places left. Um, the textbook uh, will be furnished. You'll also have a free uh, study Bible that will be furnished to complement the current version that you're enjoying. So don't let the opportunity pass you by. We'll be back in just uh, about a minute with, with more uh, fellowship with Sabrina. If we have grown together with him in the likeness of his death, indeed we will also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Romans chapter 6 verse 5. The phrase grown together here denotes an organic union in which growth takes place, so that one partakes of the life and characteristics of the other. In the organic union with Christ, whatever Christ passed through has become our history. His death and resurrection are now ours because we are in Him and are organically joined to Him. Scripture and Commentary from the New Testament Recovery Version, published by Living Stream Ministry. For more information, visit recoveryversion.org. My name is Mary. I am assistant professor at Florida State University. I enjoy teaching and research on campus. As a researcher, I have many discoveries. But the biggest discovery is the fact that I have a human spirit. Whenever I call, Oh Lord Jesus, I get the response of this wonderful person, the eternal God right in my spirit. I am happy living in the presence of the Lord. I invite you to experience this unspeakable joy by calling on Him from deep within your spirit and your heart. so simple for us to have fellowship with one another and fellowship with you and fellowship with the listeners and fellowship with the triune God. I love fellowship. <laughs> We're talking with Sabrina, uh, an FSU uh, junior, uh, about her enjoying the Lord in her student life at this particular stage in her life. You know, it sounds like, Sabrina, that the Lord has put some people in your life that help you to uh, go on with him, right? Yes. I want to just say a special thank you to Brother Matt and Miss Rachel um, and like for ministering to us in the Collegiate for Christ campus ministry. And I just thank you so much because even though you just had surgery, you're still coming and you're still preparing, you know, everything for us. And I want 
say a special thanks to that mm. to you guys and a special thanks to brother Tomas um, for also ministering to us on Christian on campus and I want to just thank everyone who's listening my family and my friends thank you guys for your support wow how many how many brothers and sisters you got I have quite a few. Quite a few? <laughs> yeah. Did you lose count? <laughs> I think I think a little bit. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, it sounds like the Lord has been guiding you, and I'm so happy He guided you all the way to Tallahassee, the city with the funny name. And for a long time, I couldn't even spell it, right? <laughs> Me too. <laughs> well, uh, Sabrina, tomorrow night out at uh, Tallahassee Christian College, we're, st we're starting this uh, course uh, on taking uh, a look at our whole being. Uh, really, the, the verse that sort of anchors us is 1 Thessalonians 5.23, where Paul's desire for these Christians living in this place called Thessalonica, if I can pronounce that correctly, that his desire for them was that they be sanctified. And that word just means set apart more and more and more special for God, not to be common, but to be special for God. And he said in that verse uh, 23 of chapter 5 that uh, it would be holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y, meaning completely body, soul, and spirit. And um, we're going to be digging into that. But, you know, you, you told a sweet story there about you becoming a Christian at an early age. When did you hear about uh, that you had a spiritual component, that you had a human spirit that got regenerated when you invited the Lord to come live inside of you and be an earthen vessel with this treasure in it? I would... I would think um, between middle school, sixth grade, mm -hmm. um, seventh grade, I started to, you know, understand because then I think that's the age where we begin to figure ourselves out a little bit, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and during like Christian camps, I would go to like Christian camps in the summer and they would heavenly speak on that, like the spiritual side of things. And I think throughout an high school I started understanding it more mm -hmm. and I think it made more sense to me in college mm -hmm. so it was a journey and you've gone even further uh, as we will in this course by the way I wish you could come but I know you're busy on Thursday night uh, so we'll we'll understand but you've you've gone even further as the Bible does not just these three circles as I like to call them three concentric circles almost like a bullseye for those uh, listeners that are trying to imagine three circles not side by side but like a bullseye the, the body being the outer layer the soul psychological being the next layer and our spirit being central uh, to our whole being and that uh, makes us uh, in the image of God God is spirit those who relate to him those who worship him those who enjoy him must do so in spirit and you know Paul also says um, that we are a temple a temple what do you do in a temple mm -hmm. you worship God right so now the temple is, is is us yes we we are the place where God can be enjoyed and and worshiped um, but you've you've also been doing some study I know just to know that these these three major aspects of our being that allow us to have three-dimensional living physical psychological and spiritual it can even be further uh, broken down and become experiential right there there are parts of our soul 
that uh, have a function, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Do you remember those? Yes. So our body is basically what we see, mm-hmm. right? Our soul is our mind, will, and our emotions. Mm-hmm. And our spirit is our communion or our fellowship, intuition, and our conscious. See, a lot of time people think we're three people, but we're actually like we're a spirit that dwells in a body that has a soul or an intellect. So that's how I like to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with the spiritual side of us, I think that's the part that is constantly abandoned. And whenever our spiritual life is not okay, it kind of affects our our psychological life. And sometimes our psychological life affects our natural body. So enabled to be whole, we have to really, really understand that we are a spirit, right? Because in Ecclesiastic um, chapter 12, verse 7 it says that the body returns to dust and the spirit returns to the Lord right it says that and so I think we have to really take care of our spiritual life and what you mentioned earlier you said that you know God is a spirit and we must worship him in spirit and in truth and a lot of times we're living in a day and age where we're leaning more towards the things that we can see the things that you could, things that can make sense to us, but the thing is, we need like okay. When the body is sick, where do we take it? To the hospital, mm-hmm. right? When the soul, the mind, the soul is sick, we take it to a psychologist. Mm-hmm. But when the spirit man is sick, when the spirit man is sick, I don't think no matter what you can do, the only thing, the only proper healing is taking it to God, the mm-hmm. Maker mm-hmm. of it. You know, that's a great point. I saw a, a, a diagram, and we will get into this in the course uh, that starts tomorrow night. But it's like uh, God's enemy, who is certainly after man, because God's purpose, his plan, his move on the earth has much to do with man. He, he told us in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, to have dominion, take care of business. Rule on his behalf. Express him. Um, But Satan is trying to come from the outside. He gets into our our body, makes it flesh, makes it uh, the enemy of what God is trying to do. Then God comes to our core in regeneration to live in our spirit. And then he wants to work himself out into our soul, into our thinking, into our feelings, into our choices, we call the will, right? Mm-hmm. He wants to affect all of those and um, and eventually make our body behave. You know, we had uh, Dr. Chen on uh, Monday of this week, who is a local physician that I think you know, um, Aaron Chen. And he was saying that a lot of cases that he sees in the hospital, the physical problem, kind of like you said, is coming from psychosomatic. It's uh, it's psychological problems that are manifesting themselves in physical problems. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope I'm giving an amateur proper explanation of what Dr. Chin was uh, talking about. But, you know, the Lord has a full salvation. Yes. It's not just partial that we kind of get forgiven and wait around to go somewhere long far away you know when we die the lord has a a very wonderful process of uh, full salvation that of course starts with the 
resurrection, really, of our spirit. Amen, yes. The regeneration. I like that word. I think that's a word that needs to be recovered. Yes. Regene. You probably have some biology, right? Isn't a gene, G-E-N-E, a very small... um, the DNA. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's a very small little element of life, right? Yes. So we get regened. We get God's life, divine life, eternal life, which is much more complete than just a life that lasts. It's a kind of life. It's God's life. And, and we humans are unique in that we can have two kinds of life. Yes. A porpoise may be smart and cute and do tricks. A, a bird may be beautiful and graceful as it flies through the air, but they can only have their, their unique kind of life. God made us to have not only human life, but to have His life. Amen. That's too amazing to me. Yeah. That we can have divine life, eternal life. And didn't the Lord say, I came that you may have... Life in an abundance. Yes. I came that you may have life. And that word, as you know, is not uh, something, a common kind of life. It's the, in Greek, it's zoe. It's a special category of life. It's God's life. And we humans are unique in our ability to receive it, experience it, enjoy it, moment by moment. Amen. Even when you're walking across campus at FSU, right? Yes. <laughs> and then it's just like, with the spirit life, it's something that is so protected because it's in three layers, you know. So the body is the outer layer. And then the soul is like the inner layer inside of the mind, right? And then the spirit is a little bit deeper. Like a lot of time, it's it's deeper. It's I think, I truly believe that our spirit is located where our heart is, you know. Um, in Ecclesiastic 3.11, it says, Yet... You know, basically, the psalmist says, you know, God makes all things beautiful for their own time. And then he goes on, he says, yes, I I don't understand. He says that God has placed eternity. God has hidden eternity in the hearts of men. And I thought that was amazing. And then God says that the kingdom of God is among men. And it's just the fact that when you connect with the Lord, when the Lord revives or regenerate your spirit, you begin to live at another level than most people, you know? To the point, you'll be walking and things will be happening. The chaos could be going around the world and you're still at peace. And that's when Christ says, peace I give with you, a peace that surpasses the world's understanding. So then it's because we have that peace, we have that assurance in our spirit, despite what we may be facing, what is going on, we still have that assurance that, you know, I'm going to be okay. You know, it's just something so deeper. And I really want to challenge believers to truly seek the Lord in spirit and in truth. Because when you begin to seek Him in spirit, your reality begins to change. You know, your perception of things begins to change. Your your mental, your ability, your way of thinking changes. And that's why it begins, it begins truly with the denial of self, 
the denial of what your perceptions are because that's why it says do not lean on your own understanding and then it's just kind of like seeking the lord seeking christ lord what is it you know because when christ picked up his cross because he says deny yourself pick up your cross and then follow me right that's the way to life when christ picked up his cross he picked up his cross and it was in a way that we saw him picking up his cross but really when he was on that cross he shamed all authority because paul says remember paul says that on the cross the lord shames and you know strips all the evil principalities you know the evil spirits in the unseen world he shames them all on that cross and i think when we begin to pick up our cross we begin to live a life of more meaning a deeper life and a more spiritual life you know Wonderful. We're talking with Sabrina, a FSU student. And Sabrina, I want to highlight that verse that you mentioned, because I don't think too many folks are familiar with it. And I certainly don't appreciate it to the extent I should have. But I think it was uh, Ecclesiastes 3.11, right? Yes. Um, and it said, uh, just like you accurately said, he has made everything beautiful in its own time also he has put eternity in their heart yet so that man does not find out what god has done from the beginning to the end and i like what the amplified bible uh, says about eternity in man's heart it says um, eternity and of course a lot of people think this is a time thing but it's it's really a realm okay it's it's not longevity i don't want to be picky but uh that's not what i don't think the word we interpret the word with the word i think is the best way to approach god's word but the amplified bible says eternity is a divinely implanted sense of purpose working through the ages which nothing under the sun except god can satisfy mm -hmm. and i think it was tolstoy but i may be wrong uh, a philosopher along the way that's, that said um, a man is made with a god-shaped blank in the middle and, and like the amplified bible saying you know only god can fill that blank only god is the piece of the puzzle that shaped like the center of your being he made that to match him to to be his his, his, his oh wow his uh, his dwelling place yes you know um so if you look in genesis right when god is creating like in the first two first chapter one and two when god is creating everything when he's creating everything, he speaks everything into existence. You know, one thing about um, Ecclesiastic 3.11, it says God has hidden eternity in men's heart, right? And But for all the, how about all the other animals, right? When God created everything, he spoke everything into existence, right? He said, and it was. But when he created men, he said, let us create men in our image, that's one thing. God is a spirit. So then he said, let us create men in our image. So then he initiated that spiritual part. And then what he does is he didn't speak us, but he formed us from the ground. So it was more intimate. So that's when in Psalms 139, it says that you intricately wound me together. He 
formed you you know he formed you he precisely decorated you every part of you every shape of you everything was detailed so there was no mistake right he formed you and then he breathed his spirit into us he breathed life into us yes so we got the dust right Mm -hmm. yes that's what god started with and then his breath right Mm -hmm. into this dust earthen vessel that paul just talks about right yes and when the breath of god and this earthen vessel came together it says and man became a living soul yes right yes and beautifully done beautifully done there's no I hope they give you a chance at FSU to be the teacher when you get to yeah. <laughs> get to talking about where where did man come from? You know, there's a question I think it's in Psalms that said, "What is man?" I bet they don't give you the answer to that at FSU. No, nope, I don't know if they do. <laughs> but there's no better orchestrator except for God. There's no better. The thing is, like the God that we serve. He is infinitely wise and his understanding surpasses our own understanding. That's why it says in Corinthians, Paul says that, you know, the world can't understand the spiritual things because they don't have a spiritual mind. And it says we can understand it because we have the mind of Christ. Right. So within outside of Christ, like (laughs) the world can't understand him. And if we try to understand God, I I think we'll probably throw ourselves in a turmoil, you know, because we can't understand him. He's unexplainable. And if he was explainable, he would not be God. He's God because he's greater than what we can see. Mm -hmm. But I think the thing I I love about God is so much is that he's so great and he's so awesome that he gave us an opportunity to understand him. Like, we cannot go to his level. So what he did was he came down to our level, right? He came down to our level so he can build that bridge for us to communicate with him, to commune with him, to fellowship with him. And that's why, like, whenever Christ says, in Christ, we're new creation, we're, we're new, we're made new. Behold, all thing is new because, like, he's just so awesome. He, okay, so he makes us a new creation, And now the creation that he created can now have fellowship with him. So our daily walk, we talk about the flesh a lot in like um, in Christianity. We speak about the flesh a lot because the flesh has not been the flesh doesn't know God. It was created to retaliate against him. Mm. You remember? So, So once Adam and Eve ate from that tree, once they ate from that tree, God says, if you eat of this tree, you will surely die. And the death that he spoke about, it wasn't something that would happen instantly. That's why we grow old and die, right? He was talking about a spirit, a spiritual death, right? And that's what happened. And because they ate of that fruit, they became aware of the good and evil in the world. The knowledge, He says the knowledge of good and evil entered their mind. Now they were able to make the decision. So now it's the mind. See, it's the soul part that became open to another realm. That's why the battlefield is in the mind, right? right? (laughs) And then it says where the men goes, the mind, where the mind goes, the men follows, right? So then it's now when we accept Christ into our heart, 
He regenerates our spirit. He wakes us up. He gives us life in our spirits again. So now the daily walk is crucifying our flesh to the cross. You know, the daily walk is choosing to follow the way of the spirit, the Holy Spirit, and then leaving behind the way of the natural man. I'm so glad, Sabrina, you mentioned that it was the tree uh, of good and evil. Um, because most of us think there was a good tree and a bad tree. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says one tree was the knowledge of good and evil, and the other tree was the tree of life. The tree of life. That's the one they were supposed to be taking from, right? Amen, yeah. We had some verses uh, before you joined us about uh, God being the fountain of life. Okay. The bread of life. The bread of life. You know, the Lord said, I'm the bread of life. Um, the Bible talks about the water of life. Oh, wow, there's so many uh, analogies to try to point us to take God as our life. He's the source of this wonderful divine life. And um, the Lord, as you said earlier, he said, I have come. You pointed out that he didn't stay away. He said, I've come. That you may have life. life. And have it in abundance. Yes, no shortage, not being rationed. Mm -hmm. The more we turn to him, love him, open to him, guess what? More life. More life. <laughs> and then he, he is life, like real life. It's a reality. And that's why when you step away from the whole religious part, when you begin to have like that intimate relationship with him, it, he becomes your reality. And then you begin to see him. You're like, oh, God. Okay, I see you, Lord. Thank you. <laughs> well, Sabrina, you have uh, done a great job of talking about what we're going to get into uh, tomorrow night in uh, the course over at TCC, uh, Tallahassee Christian College and Training Center. Uh, I hope you'll call them really quickly, all of our listeners, because they're about to go home. So what thou doest, do us quickly. The phone number over there is 513-1000, 513-1000. And the course uh, that I'm involved in is called Becoming a Whole Person. Becoming a Whole Person. And um, if you're interested in some of the things that Sabrina talked about, like opening your home to some other Christians to visit and enjoy the Lord with you, or you'd like to find out about some neighbors who uh, are having some enjoyment of the Lord in their home, let me give you a number where you can leave uh, a message. The number is uh, 850-692-9558. 692-9558. And just leave a message there, your name and phone number, uh, maybe what part of town you're in, and we'll see if we can find uh, a match where you can meet some additional Christians uh, to enjoy the Lord with. Uh, my thanks to our very faithful dear brother, Doug Apple, who's gotten us through another hour of fellowship. And if uh, he uh, permits, we'll do it again tomorrow at 4 o'clock. Thank you, Doug. Oh,